My guest today is Michael Carter, who is founder and managing partner of Carter, Morse & Goodrich, a Connecticut-based investment banking firm specializing in M&A for founders and families. We recently connected because he posted an article on LinkedIn about Push for Entrepreneurship, which is a two-hour push-up fundraiser. I saw that article and I immediately had to reach out because I thought it'd be fun to shoot a video interview, number one about his life, but number two, as we did push-ups. So we're gonna mix it up a little bit today. Uh, I asked if he would do it. He, he, we uh, had to do a long prep call and no worries. He, he cleared that I am somewhat sane. Um, I think we have a mutual crazy twinkle if we're doing push-ups in the video interview. Um, but today what we're really gonna focus on is uh, you know, the key lessons that he has had over 30 plus years of deal-making and starting an investment banking firm. Um, but maybe to start off, Michael, I would love to know, six to seven years ago, uh, you met your college roommate at a restaurant. Can you tell us about that experience? And as you were doing that, I'm gonna knock out my first 25 push-ups as we get, uh, my goal today is 300. You ask if I'm doing like five, my five to 10 favorite push-ups, I have one favorite push-up. So I'm just going to do that 300 times. And, and, and Jordan, I will not judge you, okay? <laughs> oh, no. Judge away. <laughs> <laughs> judge away. Uh, my wife and co-founder and COO and CFO and every other title, uh, Jing is behind us. We'll be keeping track. So I'll knock out my first 25. And Michael, over to you for that story about six to seven years ago. Well, Jordan, it is great to be here. Um, I get about 25 unsolicited emails every day. Don't respond to any, but no one has ever challenged me to do uh, push-ups and do an interview. So oh, look at Jordan's stuff. Man, he's got good form. So he um, approached me, did my homework, uh, made sure he was a little bit insane, which I look for, and asked me to kind of start off with why push-ups. And so about seven years ago, met my college roommate. I was, was a real slug in college. I, had, I was um, um, an athlete and he um, told me he could do 50 push-ups in a pretty fancy restaurant, which I told him was obscene. Um, I did 20 working out for about four days a week. He knocked out 50 and, and I went home just blown away that he could do 50 push-ups. Lo and behold, uh, within three weeks, I was doing 50 and a kind of a light bulb went off and it said, wow, think of all the things I do throughout the week where I'm doing, I'm, I'm basically working at 40%. And so this led, um, a, this is a short story and a long story, but it led to my uh, founding of Push for Entrepreneurship, a two hour push-up event. And people do as many push-ups as they want in two hours. The neat thing about it is, is when I introduce it to people, the first words out of 90% of the people's mouths is I can't. And invariably, once I get them just a little bit sold, um, they can. And it's just a, an awesome event. Anyone who can do, I'll say 20 push-ups can easily do the two hours. So it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. We raise money for innovation, education, and entrepreneurship in the inner cities of Connecticut where they don't have access to this quality program. And teaching innovation and entrepreneurship has been one of my passions in life. That's awesome. You know, it's really interesting to think about um, that sometimes instinctive reaction when people, including us, you know, we say, I can't do this. I don't know if I can, I won't do it, I can't do it. And like, what's the difference between that and then the people who say, yeah, 
I'll do it. I'll figure it out. What is that about? It's really about fear of failure. And, it, and, and I, I mentioned that because frankly, most of my life, um, I operated on fear of failure. And I think it's just a uh, natural progression of um, the way we teach kids and they're enjoying life and invariably um, success and failure kicks in right around between ages 10 and 12. And that's when kids drop out of dance, drop out of baseball, drop out of sports, drop out of music. And, and so that fear of failure really kicks in. I'm also getting very jealous of your push-ups. So I'm going to walk over to my <laughs> push-up uh, dining room, okay? Um, what keep, the, significance of this, the, story. The, the significance of this sign behind me is um, this is a sign. It's in our kitchen here. Um, Wait, it's a sign that, uh, this, is, this is our, well, I say dining room and kitchen, but this is our <laughs> kitchen. Uh, the carpe diem is so every kid uh, and, and wife and me wake up and we see the carpe diem sign, which is kind of, for lack of a better word, my uh, war cry. That's really interesting, though, when you're talking about like um, fear of failure and that made me kind of think about this question, which was like, um, what, what would you do if you knew you would fail as opposed to knowing that you wouldn't fail or the risk level, well, you know, me, I think it's- let, What would I do if I knew I was gonna let, let, let me uh, reframe the, let me, let me first do some push-ups to make sure people know I can do them, okay? So <laughs> do not, do not have, do not have, loud. you and I have to have 20, I'm gonna do 10, all right? So, uh, 50. <laughs> okay, so you get that on tape? Uh, I think it all, oh, it was all off. You're gonna have to shoot it again, like 20 more times. No, are you kidding? Don't tell me that. <laughs> wow. You got a good sense of humor. Uh, um, yeah, but it's interesting. Like what, um, well, let's go back to that, uh, kind of the, the idea you had about failure and, you know, encouraging kids when they're 12 or 13 to take more risks and, and maybe let's tie that then to your story starting the business 33 years ago. So let me go back. I mean, when kids are really young and, and the notion of failure to me is not, there's no such thing as failure. All you did is try something and it didn't work out. And the more you try it, the, the more the likelihood you're gonna succeed. So we really um, try to, to parent and, and I did a lot of coaching over the years and it was never about failure. It was about pointing out mistakes and improving upon them. Literally, um, the investment banking firm that um, I founded, the first thing we do every Monday morning is point out bonehead moves that we all made. And it's something that the culture of the firm isn't about hiding those mistakes, but almost highlighting them because it's a good learning curve. It's a good, you know, that's how you improve. And so not looking at his failure, but looking at his opportunities to improve. And so that's- Start the week saying, what did we do last week that we can do better? Yeah, um, or look, I, I made this mistake. Um, Let's learn from the mistake and did it, you know, coaching every team that I coached we, at the end of the game. That's what we did. We talked about our mistakes. So, what, all right. So you, 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 your, your um, next push up. I'm going to do, uh, let's see. Uh, okay. This is a good one. Push up builders. Nice. Okay. So I'm listening, Jordan. Um, well, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think that the, perception of failure, the concern about things not working is such a central theme in entrepreneurship. And 
one of the things I've been thinking a lot about recently is how four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, when we started to go down this entrepreneurial path, a lot of the previous fears that I had either did not materialize or they were not even 50% as bad as I thought they would be. And so one of my takeaways from the past couple of years is like, what would I do if I knew that reality is the worst is rarely going to happen. And if it happens, then it's probably not as bad as you think it's going to happen. And like, what is, I was thinking about this as Jing and I are, you know, the past year, think about this new chapter in our life in terms of, you know, Jing going full-time with the business and us putting all the, you know, eggs in one basket per se. And it's interesting to think about that because um, what is the actual downside of that happening? You know, the realistic downside is the business doesn't work. We don't have money. We have to move in with the grandparents in either San Diego or China. And like, is that downside as bad as being 75 and never having a chance to take a risk again because you're going to die? (laughs) <laughs> or like yeah. 80, like that 80 years old, 85, nine, I'm like, you know what? I should have done that. Yep. And my worst case scenario that you couldn't change was what you described. You know, after living a full life, I said, I wish I, I, uh, would only, if only, and not taking those chances, it was far, far more horrible than trying a business and failing. And, um, and so I think that was, that was very motivating. Uh, why, did first, you, why did you start the business or how, what's your story kind of 33 years ago, getting it going? You know what? I, I never really felt comfortable at corporate America. I was never a corporate person. And so was, was entrepreneurial actually started the entrepreneurial club at my business school. And uh, when the first speaker asked who's ahead of this place, I said, I raised my hand. He goes, well, the first thing you should do is learn how to spell entrepreneurship. So <laughs> That, that, that tells you a little bit about how how the word was really used uh, that you know that long ago. Um, it just wasn't. But um, at the end of the day, I think it was about wanting independence, wanting to feel like I created something that had lasting value, and doing something different. And, uh, and so that's that's um, to me, there was a lot of brokers out there. There were investment banks that were promising, and we were going to be the entrepreneurs' investment bank. And over thirty three years have built arguably the premier firm in new england what's it where are you at now like this year in the past couple of years like what does a good year look like what's the size and shape of the team what do you guys focus on how many de- deals do you try to close in a year things like that so i would i would say i mean it's, it's it's a really interesting question because um 2019 was a record year this year we haven't closed a transaction in the first 11 months and then for six months of next year, we're probably going to close more transactions than we ever have. So it's, I think the average transaction when I started was somewhere between five and 20 million. And this year we have three transactions and historically our averages were somewhere between 50 and hundred. So we're, we're, we're moving up the food chain. Um, you talk about like the past 30 years, 33 years, and you were mentioning beforehand the cycles that you as a business go through and as you're going through those cycles, um, just the importance of patience. You use the word patience. And if 
It was the last person in America who should be talking about patience. It's me. So, so, so I'm really not qualified to do that. I have an incredibly patient uh, uh, senior partner. And so uh, that's why he, he and I got together. Uh, but patience is not something, Jordan, that I um, you know, should be talking about. It's, it's, I think there's something about an entrepreneur that has to be driven and try to want to go you know, fast. Um, and it's good to have people around you that are a smarter and be um, provide a different perspective. So the one thing that we encourage is dissent. We always want different perspectives. When I work for a big corporation, the last thing you would ever do is you know disagree with your boss in front of a client. And for us, it's at standard operating procedure. They see that. So um, <laughs> I think the one the, the one thing with I say would be continuous improvement. Now, having said that, one push-up I could never do in my life was a Russian push-up. And this summer, and this summer I did it. So I'm very, very proud. So I've got to show that off. All right, Jordan. But this this is never heard of this. I've only heard of one variety of push up. (laughs) I get it. This can you say okay? Yeah. When you're doing it, it seems pretty easy, but it's not. <laughs> Are you counting? Nope. So that, that was a... 1,010. 1, <laughs> so, those are little things that get me going, Jordan. So <laughs> It's cool. That's really cool. I mean, it was interesting because you could tell that the form is perfect and even working yeah. on the form. Yeah. What, what, what do you think kind of... Uh, um, Actually, we'll talk about like the first year in business. And what was that? What was that like? So that was a really horrible year. Uh, <laughs> had saved $60,000, left corporate America, used to going to the U.S. tennis matches, ended up um, blowing all 60000 no transaction closed. Um, it was 1987, so we got October 19th mixed in there. But um, I think what ends up happening is you get a lot of, you get a lot stronger when you go through something like that. And that is incredibly important because at the end of the day, I, I, in 33 years, I had 30 years that looked more like that than the three great years, 19 and 20. So it just, it, we, we always, I would say, had a underdog mentality. You know, everyone was against us and we had to work twice as hard and twice as smart and be twice as good as our competitors. And that ended up being the culture of the company. And um, I think it served us very, very well. So going through COVID, you know, we're about to have our best, I'll say 12 months within the next six months in our 33 year history. So I think that's, we are so much stronger than we were back on March 13th. Why do people stop challenging themselves physically? mentally, like why do we seek comfort? I think it's easy. I think one of the things that if you found a passion and a passion could be anything, but if you're passionate about something, it overcomes so much. Um, Steve Jobs has a great quote. Um, um, it, it's, it, it's so hard um, if you, ha- if, it's so hard and if, you don't, and if you don't have passion, you're gonna just give up. And if a lot of people are starting businesses or working for pure money, 
and without the passion and pure money motivates until it doesn't. And it often doesn't when it doesn't exist. So in these crisis times, you see a lot of companies just crumble, just crumble very, very quickly. And like I said, I'm, uh, you know, we look at that. And so having passion is very, very important. Passion is the genesis of genius is a, um, a famous quote by, um, I forget that fan, that, um, that uh, motivational speaker. And so it really, it, it, it helps overcome those times when you're saying, why am I doing this? What am I doing it for? And just remembering that you have a, high, a higher calling. And so don't want to get too cosmic about it, but having a higher calling really helps a lot when it comes to when the going gets tough. So, so that's, you know, attitude is everything and creating that positive attitude is just very, very important. And one thing I didn't have a lot of, uh, um, you know, uh, ingrained skill or, edu- or, or intelligence, but I did have a terrific attitude, enthusiasm and willing to do the hard work. And so that's, that's kind of paid off as well. So those are the kind of ingredients where people, certain people just give up. And one thing that I just think about when I'm doing my push-ups is um, the importance of trust. Um, you know, you, you were kind of making fun of me before I called you, I wanted to check you out. And it was just a matter of who's, who, who do you trust in the world? And you realize how hard it is to build people's trust. Wait, do you mean that you didn't instantly trust somebody who pushed you, who had a push-up challenge? <laughs> No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely. But as you said, as I said to you, you got my attention. So, but trust yeah. is something that is so hard to get. Um, but building trust in 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 us literally took decades. And um, but when you have it, it's just it's 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 really really special. And and think about the people you trust in your life. Most people can probably count five people on their hands. So. We do that many, many different ways. But as Warren Buffett said, and you know, one of his famous lines, you know, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five, five, day, five minutes to ruin it. And so it's one of those things that, you know, there's no such thing as the word gray, you know, something's grayer in our firm. We just don't, don't handle that. So nothing's, if it's gray, then and you're probably not gonna be proud if it hits the Wall Street Journal front page, so. You're mentioning something about the growing up and wrestling. Yes, yep, yeah. So what wrestling did for me, for, so just just to personalize it a little bit, is I, you know entering ninth grade, loved sports, but at the end of the day, I was 98 pounds, and there was no sport that would allow a 90, short 98 pounder to do anything other than wrestling. So went out for the wrestling team, and you know got crushed freshman year. At the end of the day, ended up um, wrestling in high school and college, and being the captain of the team twice. And what it did, I think, the most important thing, because at the end of the day, I was, you know. Didn't, didn't achieve any terrific success, but um, um, what I did was I became um, fearless and there was nothing in life that was going to be anywhere close to as hard as wrestling. And so, and it, and, and it's basically proved true. So when people always tell me, well, wow, that's really difficult. At the end of the day, it just can't be half as difficult as it was wrestling in high school and college. And so I think the, you know, what I love about sports is not, what, not the sport itself, necessarily, but the lessons that people take away from it. And for me, it was a certain element of um, fearlessness, uh, willing to work hard, you know, by, by I'll say wrestling standards and um, really committing yourself. And once you do you have though, that package, you're, I'd like to say you're unstoppable, but I, I think I've, I've stopped about 30 times in the last 33 years, but you know how to get through it. And um, there's a great book on grit written by uh, um, Angela Duckworth. Yes. Yes. And it's, and it's, 
and it's really I, I she put things in words that I I didn't I didn't have a vocabulary for, but it's 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 a, it's a really important quality if any parent is still has young kids to to, to read that book. It's, it's just a terrific quality, and it's the key to um, any success that I've had. What do you feel that, uh, or how old are your kids? They're uh, 31, 28, and 24. And how, um, what do you hope, uh, you know, they would say about you if I was interviewing them? Like, how, how would they describe the way that you parented, the way that you brought them up? Oh man, man, Jordan, you're getting deep. Jeez. By the way, just finished 300. Okay, all right. So I'm not going 300 in a row then, just to make sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, they would um, definitely mention Murphy's Law. Okay, understanding Murphy's Law and uh, building Murphy's Law into your daily routine and making sure that the plan B and you're just always planning for not necessarily success every step, but but having a plan B. I think they would recognize that enthusiasm and passion are a cornerstone of a healthy life. I think it's also very important to follow your own passion, not your dad's, your mom's, your teacher's or expectations. And so I'd like to think that they were um, given a free reign to become a Republican, Democrat, independent, uh, socialist, libertarian. And, uh, and um, they were um, basically um, told a character is is almost everything without character you're you know it's it's and so the the importance of, of character and i'd say lastly and probably most importantly is you know family is uh, we're obsessed about family and um and and the uniqueness of family and my kids come back you know regularly and it's just wonderful to have them their spouses their you know uh, spouses spouses to be i shouldn't say and um and then lastly food food we're kind of obsessed with food so that that would be <laughs> that, that's the culture of the a carter household so uh, <laughs> but you know ha having a good time you know carpe diem sees that see that every day it's, it's 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 a gift is really very very important and i think each one um i'd say excelled in sports but not for sports sake but for building the things that i talked about you know that, that character and hard work and so uh two final questions one is uh, what advice do you have for a father of two young kids, uh, a four-year-old and 11-month-old, for not just me to the kids, but me for my wife? And the second question is, at 95 years old, looking back on your life, what is the one thing that you should be able to point to to say, I've done it well? So the advice want to give something creative. So the advice is when you're playing one-on-one -on -one basketball with them, win 60% of the time. Okay? <laughs> and, I, and I would say that, <laughs> and, and, and it's one of the things that, um, you know, make sure they're in a contest the entire time, make sure that they know how to lose gracefully, make sure they know how to win gracefully. Um, but it's something that whenever we did anything, some competition was involved and it was always tough. And made sure if they were losing 10-2, they won 12-10, you know, and it's just, and so there's so many embedded lessons in just playing and having sports and, and, and really, um, and, uh, and so that was kind of a, perfect one of my, one of my, one of my fun things to do. I will back to my four-year-old when she's shooting something, I'm going to swat it away. Six yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 
<laughs> and, and really build in there was not a failure. You, you lost the game and you lost the game. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just uh, and it's one of the things that I don't even know if they remember it anymore, but, uh, but it was, it was something that, you know, always get compliments about how uh, good sportsmanship my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I won that award because that was the award they gave to the kid who wasn't very athletic. So that was, so, so it was, it was, um, question is, what, what was your question? I forget the other question. Yeah. Yeah. So the last question uh, to, wrap up this epic push-up session slash interview is if you're on your fi- in your final day and you're 97 years old and you're looking back to determine whether or not it was all worth it and whether or not you lived it right, um, how would you measure if you did or did not live a life worth living? So I've actually thought about that and I, and I created a little mantra of, I think when I was like 20, 18 or 20 and it was make a difference. And everything that I have ever done in my life, I wanted to make a difference. So just didn't want to create another, uh, another investment banking firm. Didn't want to um, serve dinner to our guests at just another dinner. Didn't want to um, throw a cocktail party at our, at our firm that um, our cocktail parties are famous that, that, was just another cocktail party. And so making a difference means doing something special, making a difference in people's lives. Um, um, and so I would say, you know, make, making a difference and how you coached a sports team, how you, you know, parented. And sometimes, you know, it's, you're unpopular for a day or two, um, but at the end of the day, it, it, that's how I'm gonna judge my life. And, uh, and it's, and, and I'm really, everything I've tried to do is making a difference. So. That's awesome. So, I think that's a wrap. Thanks a lot for doing this. Jordan, you're, 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 uh, you're very, very good. I can, I can't give you too many tips on the push-ups, but, uh, <laughs> except for finding the, cha- the chains would be one, the chains would be one. I, I would highly recommend them. They're a terrific. <laughs> thing to that back. So uh, awesome. thank you very much. I'm, uh, this is a, a, a unique, you made a difference in my life, Jordan. So thank you.